a podcast. Did your radio show get canceled? Fire, fire, fire. Low down and filthy, but the discipline is on point. Schooled myself, made my own dojo. A cold flow with the whole dose of soul. Maintain composure, even in theory. An anomaly, properties under This week on The Pete the Planner Show, we talked to a lady who's got some extra money to do something with, and she wants to know what to do with that money. If the going is good, does the get going? I don't know how that works. But anyway, here's what made me think about having her on the show this week. Uh, I was, uh, this is uh, sort of my bougie weekend lifestyle. I was making a bolognese sauce this weekend. I had some meat and I put some meat in the sauce, but I had like a quarter pound of hamburger left, a ground beef that I could do something with. And it was like, I had extra. What can I do with it? There's so many possibilities. So I made an afternoon hamburger. That's what I did with it. And we welcome Dawn to the show now. Hello, Dawn. How are you? Hello, I'm great. Thank you. How do you ever, are you? Do you ever make afternoon hamburgers on the weekends? It's a little decadent. Have you ever do that? I have to be honest. We're kind of vegan over here. So me <laughs> starting with putting meat in a sauce really had you about to hang up. <laughs> Our littles are, are still carnivores. It's okay. We're, we're, we're open-minded. You know what? I am also open-minded, which would explain what the outfit I have on today. It's, it's not for everyone. Okay. <laughs> Dawn, uh, I love the situation. You guys have got some good things going on. You've got some uh, discretionary income that you can put towards some of your priorities. Help us understand what is going on. Tell us about your household. Well, we're a blended household. We have seven kids all together, five still in the home. Um, We've been married three years and have had some um, big blows in life in our in our families before we got married. So I feel like we're just at the point where we're no longer having to kind of pick up the pieces of the past. We can sort of look to the future and start building in that direction. And so I kind of don't know the best way to do that. Um, we have a very small retirement fund, and that's my biggest concern right now. My husband's self-employed, and so he hasn't had like a company match 401k or anything like that and so you know we have some different assets like a piece of land um that i just don't know if we're we're handling these things right if we should sell it or if we should reinvest that money hold on to the property you know we need to focus on uh, investing in our future awesome well you know a big part of this and a big part of the conversation is it sounds like you have some peace Finally, you know, it it just seems like you had some blows in your past, but you're at a point where you can actually see clearly, think clearly, and you've got the money to do something about that's got to feel good for you, right? That is, it is nice to be on the other side of that. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. And I think part of that, and I think we'll extend it to, to our conversation today is extending yourself some grace, like whatever has happened is over. And now we just need to do what we can do. And I think sometimes people get so stuck in some of those incidences of our past that they don't extend themselves grace. And then that's what makes their financial life harder. So your uh, husband, it looks like has about $10,000 in an IRA. Uh, yes. And then Mm -hmm. how old are the both of you, Don? Uh, he is 48 and I just turned 44 a couple days ago. Okay. Well, happy birthday. I got you. I, I didn't get you anything. I'm sorry. Um, so <laughs> I, a phone call. Thank I, you. <laughs> I was going to get you ground beef, but then I found out you don't like it. So 
nothing. Um, <laughs> all right. So your household income take home pay is about $7,200 a month. And then you get quarterly payments of $3,600 a month. So it essentially, if you, if you do all the math on that, you, you make about $8,500 a month all told right now. Has that number changed since you've sent us this information? No, but those quarter, quarterly payments will end uh, next year. So Okay, so we're going to base this off the 7200 yeah. and not the 8500 that I netted out. Okay. Um, you've got $20,000 in a savings account. So that I clearly with a family of a thousand, you know, a family of five that just have, or how many kids do you guys use? Seven, right? Between you? Yeah. So yeah. that $20,000 is necessary to deal with a brood that, that is that large, right? Yeah. You know, we actually haven't had to dip into it in quite a while, but we, you know, keep it there because... My husband's a contractor, and some, if he has to go through a period of time without work, then we may need it. Do you, how did that money get there? Um, I had a little bit left from a life insurance policy from okay. when I lost my first husband, and then also we sold a home, and so it's been it was much it was over a hundred thousand, but after a lot of things have happened and moving and buying a house, that's what's left. And you mentioned you, uh, well, you didn't mention it. You mentioned it in your notes to us that you've got $5,000 uh, from travel reservations you just made, but it'll be paid off by January. So it sounds like uh, for big expenses, you aren't necessarily using your savings. You're, you're leveraging credit appropriately and then having you know things paid off in a timely manner. Is that, does that describe how you handle yeah. things? Okay. Yes. Monthly uh, mortgage payment, $1,500 a month. Uh, you're out in California. Are you in an expensive area of California or in a less expensive area of California? Yeah, less expensive. Yeah, Northern California isn't as expensive as like the Bay Area or Southern California. Sure. Um, all right. So you've got this. Tell me about this land. Tell me what's going on there because there's the question of whether or not you should sell it or keep it. What, what, what is this land? Um, it's actually in town, which and it's 10 acres, which is really rare. It's like a minute from, you know, major stores. But um, it's this little piece of property my husband bought many years ago that he was going to build a house on. It's not 10 acres of buildable land, um, but he did uh, create a, a building pad there where a home could be built. And he designed a home that was going to go there and never happened. Um, so he's been just holding on to it and paying the property taxes and unsure if that's a wise investment to just hold um, or if we should try and find a buyer. Is it um, zoned residential? I believe so. All right. It has a creek that runs through it and an easement, so I don't know that anybody could do anything else with it. How? Uh, what do you think it's valued at today? He's guessing around a hundred thousand. Okay. And he owns it outright. And then, what are the what's sort of the upkeep? What are the the property taxes on that? Oh gosh, I don't know. A couple, two, three thousand a year, something like that, or is it significant? Yeah, more? I was gonna say I don't think it's even two thousand a year. Okay. It did go up recently, but um, yeah, that would be my guess. All right. So here's what we're gonna do, because we will get you an answer to that question. Um, Let's look at your situation from a short 
mid and long-term perspective. So Don, uh, over the next six months to a year, how stable do you, I know how stable I think you are. How stable do you think you are financially? I think we're good. I agree. Yeah. I, I mm-hmm. a- absolutely agree. Um, long-term. So, uh, your husband's 48, you are 44. So long-term for him, as I look at this would be 20 years and 20 years for you as well. How does your financial life look 20 years from now? Yeah, that's where I get nervous. (laughs) Me too. Uh, (laughs) So we, we agree again. Yay. (laughs) What, what, go into that. Like, what is it that there's not established assets and income streams or, or what is it specifically? Well, with my husband being a contractor, that's a physical job. And while his dad is in in his 70s and still doing this job, I don't want to see that (laughs) for my husband. Um, I want to see him be able to retire and not working, you know, a job that's heavy on him. So, uh, you know, if anything were to happen to him physically and he couldn't continue working, like that would be it. We'd have to figure things out pretty fast. So, yeah. you know, when I look ahead, like there's no pension, there's no 401k. Uh, we have maybe a little bit of social security. We have equity in our house and we have the land. And, and so that's it. That's not enough to live on and hoping we have a long life here, you know? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. Um, it, I won't, I won't call it a unique challenge, but the element of the, and we'll call your husband's job, uh, sort of a non-traditional thing, right? You, you work for yourself, and uh, depending mm-hmm. on how much you pay into Social Security, that'll impact what, what is there later. He's got no formal retirement plan other than what he provides to himself, and um, then you take the physical demands of that job on top of all of that. What? Tell me about your employment. Um, are you in something that provides a, a more formal structure? I'm hoping to be soon. I'm uh, in the process. I'm in a hiring process right now that would provide that. Um, but if that doesn't happen, I'm, I'm going to keep looking. Um, for the last several years, I've just been dabbling in my own little self-employment endeavors, doing some coaching, and you know, I wrote a book, things like that. So, but nothing that brings substantial income, and certainly nothing that provides retirement. <laughs> well, t- tell me this: uh, how how old are your kids? Can you go through the seven and and give me some just a range of ages? Sure. Uh, we have um, three who are 9, 10, and 11, and then we have three teenagers. And then my oldest, who's adopted, is in his late 20s. Okay. Three teenagers, 9, 10, and 11. Talk to me about sort of the financial ramifications of having six minors. <laughs> well, we try to raise them to, to think independently. We give them set amount of income a month based on their age and they have to learn to manage that and, and buy things that they want. Um, but yeah, we're heading into, you know, when, when these three littles all turn 14, 15, 16, and they're all getting into wanting cars and, you know, brace, all of them getting braces. It's kind of like having triplets. sometimes. (laughs) And so when I, I think about the upcoming expenses, you know, when they all start driving, when they all go to college, uh, I know we're going to need some extra income for that. Yeah, and 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 I think 
which brings us to the midterm, right? We've just evaluated your long-term, which we'll get back to. We've evaluated your short-term, which we are both pleased with. It's the midterm. It's the midterm because uh, if furthering your education in the traditional sense and, you know, higher ed is, is a goal of yours and theirs, it's the decisions around that which are the important element here, right? Because if you go into this scenario and, and say, all right, you know, we're not going to, you know, this is how much we can help. And then they go off to any school they want. And then they go to school and then they max out their student loans. And then they come back to you their junior year and say, okay, here's the thing. I've made it three years through this. I can't take out any more debt, but they're going to make me leave the institution if you don't help me. And then you have to go into student loan debt for them. Dawn, that's what always terrifies me because there's a lot of good intention there, right? You, we're only going to give you this much. And then the kid goes off and says, okay, I'm going to do it. And they do it. They do it for three years. And then reality hits in. And then the only way to muscle through and save the situation is for you to sacrifice your financial life. Is, it, is that a scenario that you have entertained or have, have worked your way through mentally? Yes, I used to work in university admissions, so I know the situation. <laughs> oh, great. Well, maybe um, <laughs> maybe you should explain this to more people. <laughs> and I was in the situation myself and ran out of money, and so I that's why I started working at the university, because then I got to go for free. <laughs> but not everybody has that chance. So, yes, I know um, how expensive it can get and how it can fall back on the parents, definitely. Are, are you confident? I guess well, maybe we'll just leave it at this then. Are you confident that whatever you and your husband collectively decide to do from a strategy standpoint, are, are you confident that that will not compromise your financial life further? Uh, it, it is possible. I'm not sure what all the kids are going to decide to do um, as far as school goes, but it's definitely going to have to be um, something they can participate in funding along with us. Sure. So, yeah, it'll be a partnership. Okay. Which then brings us back to the long term. <laughs> it brings us back <laughs> to the long term because if, if, if you and I both have confidence around your short term, um, I'm going to uh, appropriate your confidence in your midterm, right? Because I, I can't say whether I have confidence in your midterm or not. I, I'm just going to have to trust you, right? Um, okay, yeah. The, the long term, though, this is where we need to work together. Because there's, there's two ways to grow wealth uh, traditionally, right? There's the equity markets, retirement accounts, stock market, those, those sorts of things. Oh, 401k, IRAs. I mean, and, and there's that, which you don't have a lot of money in those instruments, right? You got $10,000 in an IRA. Yeah. Then, then there's real estate, right? There's this idea that uh, they're not making any more land, which I'm sure you or your husband have said that to each other at some point in the last few years. Um, and there's some value to that. And, and I can't pretend mm -hmm. to know how that, that property is going to increase in value, but you have to think over the next 20 years, it will. D do you believe that to be true? Yeah, I would think so, especially because uh, that much acreage within the city limits is so rare. But because it's not, like I said, a piece of land that's completely buildable, I don't know, like it would take a unique buyer. Right. And then the other thing is you just look at the town structure of what's the possibility that commerce makes its way towards that property. I mean, that's sort of the unknown, right? You just never know how town structures work, but it wouldn't be unheard of for 
zoning to shift and change towards you, which then increases the value of the property. True. Yes, we did have someone approach us uh, wanting to purchase the property on a grant for the city wanting to put walking trails through it, but the grant fell through. So who knows what could come up in the future? Yeah, so here's how I would view this. I don't think it makes sense, I'll just come out and say it, to sell the property now to try to fund some future retirement need. I, I just, that is my opinion. It is not gospel. It's just my opinion. Mm-hmm. Because it is a separate variable entity that can increase in value. And there's no reason to believe that you can do better in the stock market than you can in the real estate market for the $100,000 you have into it. Does that make sense? It does. I just didn't know if the land versus buying like a rental property or something like that would make more sense. Potentially, right? So so now we get into sort of what a property yields on a regular basis versus speculation and potential. All right. So A, uh, and I think we've just covered this, but I would not sell the property and put the money in something traditional like a, a market instrument, a stock market instrument. That doesn't make sense to me. Now, okay. sh- should you sell it and then do, I believe it's called a 1031 exchange. I should know these things. Uh, and then buy, yeah, I've heard of that. Yeah, but buy, then buy a rental property um, and then create some income now and it, essentially try to do the same thing. Potentially, but it's just it's sort of like the, you know, burn the hands worth two in the bush, right? Um, would you rather have sort of guaranteed rental income now or the possibility that the land increases in value more than a rental property would. I mean, I don't know your area. What do you guys think? What are your thoughts around that? Yeah, I think it's very possible. And I know rental properties can come with their own challenges. And, you know, at least on a piece of land, we're not dealing with tenants and improvements and things like that. Yeah. And you were, I think in your email, you were talking about putting not just one door, as we like to say, um, but a few different doors on those that rental property, which then means more rent, right? You're talking about either uh, duplexes or quads or something like that, right? Uh, yeah, there's we've entertained, you know, various situations. So yeah, I, I think is it possible that you guys could get into that real estate rental business based on your husband's skills as a contractor? That's another thing we've talked about. Um, it is possible, but I know it takes a certain amount of capital up front. And so getting to that point, um, I guess we just haven't been there yet. <laughs> yeah. I think that, ba- you know, if you want to say, well, how do you, how do you use the, the specific and unique gifts that we have? How do we leverage what seem like our weaknesses? You know, the idea that your husband probably can't work into his 70s doing what he's doing. How do you, how do you leverage that same problem to come up with a solution? And I would argue you guys are the perfect candidates to build your wealth via real estate. Yeah, that's that's a true statement. Yeah, because it's one of those things. It's like, um, no, nah, look, you've got a lot of kids and, and time uh, to spend with the kids, but but it's sort of like, well, let's let's take advantage of what the real estate market has to offer. Potentially sell that part of that property that is more speculative in nature and put together a structured plan to build a rental retirement plan. I I think if I'm you, I strongly consider that idea. Mm -hmm. 
Are you talking about like just buying a re- rental property or flipping houses? Um, yes, and right. Like I, I feel like yeah. the. To and this is where I'm I'm willing to admit my deficiencies and, and lack of knowledge in that area. I know uh, I do know what I don't know in real estate, and it's a lot. But there's there's two ways to do it, right? There's sort of the build the rental empire thing, where it's built on income, and then there's the way to create capital based on flipping properties. And I guess that would really go into your family's ingenuity, his skills, and willing uh, or his ability to put so much sweat equity in that you could, you know, make either of those strategies or both of them work. And I, um, I think it's just, you have to figure out what works best for your lifestyle. Right. Mm-hmm. I like that idea though. Yeah. Those are some good things to think about. What yeah. else? Are there other things we are, have not addressed yet that you wanted some clarification on? Yes. Yeah, so I, I do have a car payment and we have a fairly new mortgage. And so if I, as I hope to have a new job soon, wondering about the best way to allocate those funds, if I should put those funds towards retirement mostly, like I'll have a a 401k um, and maybe another IRA, or if I should first pay off the car or make bigger mortgage payments. I just don't know the best way to direct more income. Yeah, tell me about the car. How much, what's the payment? Uh, just under three hundred a month. And what do you owe? Fifteen thousand. How much extra money do you think you'll be able to throw at something a month? Right now, not anything. But if I had a job, I could. You know, I don't know yet. <laughs> I would say the answer is likely to aggressively fund your retirement account. Yeah, um, I feel mm-hmm. good about your short term. We both said we don't feel great about your long term. We've agreed that your plan for mm-hmm. the midterm works. Uh, so I, I think if you go sort of the two-pronged approach to your long-term of seriously consider what you can do in the world of real estate, and then you aggressively fund your IRA to create some income, or a, a 401k, I should say, that's the way I would go. So just pump as much of my new income into that as I can. I believe that is the case, but then you can always sort of uh, vary that level based on what, if you decide to go the real estate route, what your real estate capital needs are, you can always then mm-hmm. use your income to build up and fund that as well. That's true. I suppose I wouldn't be committed to a certain amount. I can always pull back on that and redirect it for a while. Absolutely. Okay. I like this. I, yeah, I, I just, I, go ahead. I don't like having car payments. And so <laughs> I'm tempted to just like, get rid of it as fast as I can. Yeah. And I'm going to say a phrase I generally don't like to, I don't like to say the phrase only because I feel like it, it it's a relative term, but it's only 300 bucks a month. And to, th- yeah. t- and I just don't feel like you freeing up $300 a month right now really particularly matters. Right. You know, that makes sense. Yeah. You know what? I, there's a lot of calm about your situation. I mean, there's, there's a lot of uncertainty over the long term, but there's just a tremendous amount of calm. And, you know, when you describing, as we started here today, uh, I, I can really sense it. I mean, you, you feel calm about this or you're not panicking, right? <laughs> I've had a lot of practice staying calm <laughs> in, in times of stress. Um, but no, it is refreshing to hear that you feel that way because it, it brings me a degree of peace. Because I, I do get into a panic just thinking about 
more the long term. But I, I know currently we're good, but if we just keep, you know, looking at the now, we may get 20 years down the road and be sorry. So. Yeah. So yeah, I guess then let me add some clarification to that, and then we'll 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 go our my separate eat, meat eating ways, and you'll we'll go have a salad. But here here's sort of the where it goes with this. <laughs> you just have to take action. That's it. Like I mean, mm-hmm. you, like I I think you have to decide if the real estate thing is a legit thing for you. If it is, which I believe it could be, you begin to explore that and research and and find the right help there. And then when you secure a gig, you pump a ton of money into your retirement account. I think if you do those two things, your calm nature will pay off. If if you don't do either of those things, then your calm nature will be a hindrance to your future success. Right. Yeah, we don't want to just, you know, bury our heads in the sand and and uh, not think about the, the road ahead. Then don't. <laughs> then don't. You won't have to do that. I, I feel like... I feel like you're at a good spot to then uh, take those additional actions. Or is there anything else I can answer yeah. while we're together? Oh, I think that about covers it. All right. You enjoy your lunch. I will enjoy my lunch, and we're just not going to talk about it. Is that fair? <laughs> That's great. Awesome. All right. Thank you so much. Yeah. I would love updates. Um, and when you get your, your okay. new job, please just shoot us an email and let us know what you've done. Yeah, I will. Thank you very much. Thanks, Dawn. That's it for this week's Pete the Planner show. Man, I liked her. When I say I really like someone, I always feel like uh, you're listening to this and you're thinking, oh, he must not like other people if he doesn't say that. I don't know. Maybe that's true. But I really like her. You can sense when someone's been through something and they've done a rebuilding of, of just how they view life. And that's just crystal clear with her. Um, I'm not a big real estate guy personally. I've got a rental property. But I know a lot of people who have the right skills and the mindset and, and, and the life flexibility to pull off creating wealth via real estate. And I'll be darned. I think Dawn and Mr. Dawn are those people. That's it. If you want to be on the show, be on the show. Go to PeteThePlanner.com slash podcast. I'm going to go have a meat sandwich. Goodbye. This is for information purposes only. Not the financial planning device. Consult a financial divisor. All right, you follow the podcast. How do I know this? Because you're listening right now. You might have even read one of our blogs or one of our books. But there's a whole other side of this Pete the Planner empire that you know nothing about until today. It's called your money line. It is the complete financial solution for employers. There's this whole world and it's called financial wellness. Sounds like nothing, but it's something. It's a benefit that comes to you via your employer. It helps you manage your financial life to get answers to your financial questions. Well, your money line, the company of which I'm this chief executive officer, one of the leading companies in this world that deals with financial wellness. If you are an HR person or a, in the position of leadership within your organization, go to yourmoneyline.com and schedule a demo today. If you are a wholesome, wonderful employee, reach out to your HR person and send them to yourmoneyline.com. It's time to get Pete in your workplace. You're now a part of my zone, so enjoy yourself. Love Tron can restore your health. I bring you greetings, uh, salutations. How you doing? And is that how y'all say it?